Yeah, I'm Josh D'Agostino, tattoo artist, TWD savior, Ink Man 609, and uh, yeah, I guess I just been uh, blacklisted. Peace out, bitches! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a look into the world of pop culture from an urban point of view. Here is Nubius Black and Blacklisted. It's about to go, bro, bro, bro. DJ Academics introduce the team. Media's Black Black. What's up? Chaos. What's up? G Force. What's up? Academics Skills. What's up? Silky. Smooth. What's up? John the Seeker. What's up? And now, without further ado, here is your host, Media's Black. Sit here and shoot the shit, just like we're doing right now. We're just gonna shoot the shit, talk oh, shit. All right. So we 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 knew each other for how many fucking years? Holy long shit! Long time. Man. Yeah, man. this this goes back. Um, wow. Yeah, I was working at that local uh, tattoo studio. Yep. Yeah, that's when we and, first met. And you walked in, and you were. Uh, you, it was funny because out of like everybody that was there, I was like the only person that would even tattoo anybody that was black, you know. So yep. they were just like, "All right, give it to him. Give it to uh, him." Yeah. Because uh, what's the one? What's the dude with the eye? The old dude. Oh yeah, that old guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That he, one. Yeah. He tattooed my first tattoo that was like in the middle of my neck, and it damn near like he was trying to go through my neck and to my throat. That's so, just because he hated black people, dude. That's, that's, <laughs> he didn't mind. He didn't mind green money. Though, yeah, right? yeah. He didn't. He didn't mind the green, but he just didn't like you know the color of people's skin. I mean, that's yeah. how it was. Back considering in the day. he's tattooing colors on people, yeah, that's just irony all written all the way around. But like, yeah, I remember walking in there and I had some sketches up there, and you were like, "I can make these a little better" because everything was just black. Yeah, and then you just threw some of your your your, your flavor in there, and you know, in case. Uh, no one realizes why we're recording this. And I'm talking to good friend Josh D'Agostino, ink master slash kung fu expert slash actor and entrepreneur. You're like a renaissance man. And that's a good thing, though. Some people just want to be stuck in one thing and just roll with it until they roll into the grave. But you you, you stick your fucking foot into everything. Well, and you don't just tip your foot in. You dive ahead first. Right? I'm jealous of that shit. Well, you Terry know, knows that. You know what it is, man? Is It's because like I've always thought like this from day one is uh, you, know, you never want to get complacent. And it was before anybody even said that to me. Like even as a child, you know, I would... I would get used to something like, let's just take uh, martial arts, for instance, you know, people, there, there are some people out there, they, they would say like, oh, well, you jumped around from style to style and this and that. But my attitude was this. I took whatever I, I got use out of a style, I took that. And then once I found no more use for that, like just it just became repetitive, else, yeah. I, I went to something else. You know, like I started out in 
Yoshinkan Aikido, and you know, I went to Taekwondo, I went to Gracie style, I went to Combative Wing Chun, JKD Concepts. I mean, I've gone across the board, and what it was is I just took bits and pieces from everything I learned, uh, found what was useful in my life or what I would find useful, and then I just went to something else. Because let's face it, I mean, nowadays it's more or less of uh, martial arts schools. I've seen this trend of, uh, you know, you have a, a good martial arts studio and then it becomes, you know, more like a daycare center. For right, children. or a hangout, right. Yeah, and, and it becomes like a black belt, you know, that's all you're doing. Is you're, you're, it's like a, a, a production of mass black belts and that's all and, you're, and, you're pumping and, them out. And, and, and they can't really even use what they're using in the real world. Because yeah. it's all set on like katas and stands. And yeah, and, and you're like, okay, number one, number two, number yeah. three. Someone grabs me yeah. here, I have exactly. to do this. Exactly. But it should be like a reactionary thing. And, and I, you know, to me, it was, you know, I martial arts has always been a big part of my life. So I pretty much that's the way that I live my life is like, you know, uh, you know, I look into what I have going on martial arts wise, and it's like, well, you know, this doesn't fit, that doesn't fit, get rid of it. Uh, you know, and even recently, just because of the acting, I've, you know, I've done that. You know, and like you say, you know, I've, uh, I'm pretty much, I do a lot of things. But it's because, you know, as a tattoo artist, I saw what you could do. And it's, you know, it's it's a skill, honestly. Tattooing, you know, is a skill that you can take with you anywhere and make mm -hmm. money. And that's always been a good thing. So, you know, my attitude's been, you know, I see some of my friends, you know, here they are. You know, now they're 40-something years old and they're still, like, trying to hold down the block. And you're like, well, you have no marketable skills. Right, right. So in this world, in you know, if you want to survive, you have to have marketable skills. Because let's face it, you know, when we were growing up, you know, I remember my, you know, grandparents, uh, you know, talking about different things. And it was different, you know. And I know, like, in every community, ethnicity, it's, you know, everybody lives differently. But let's face it, at the end of the day... It all becomes about how much money you can make, what marketable skills mm -hmm. do you have. So when you look at it in that, you know, in that way, you have to figure out like, well, what am I good at doing? And I never wanted to put myself into a box. I never wanted to be that guy that was like, well, this is all I'm ever going to make. This is all yeah, it's and ever going to be. I'm just going to stick yeah. with that. Fuck that. Life is too short, man. And okay. you, you either are going to be the guy that gets out there and does everything that you could possibly do, and you're going to fail on a lot Oh, yeah, of you shit, fail on a lot you know, of shit. Or, or you don't. Or you you know? And if you don't fail, you ain't trying. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's how I look at it. And, you know, Ryan, that's one thing I'll say about the whole acting. Uh, I, I like to call it, like, almost like acting gig, acting, you know, just in general. You know, it's like whatever it is, however you define it, you know, acting for me is more or less like... It, it teaches you about yourself, you know, and it's something that, you know, once you, you start learning that craft, uh, I, man, you, you just, you learn more about yourself than you ever knew. So now I'm like, it, it's, it's like a whole new world, you know, opened up and, uh, it's just been crazy to, uh, to see just the amount of fans that you get out there just from doing dumb shit. Yeah. Like you said, when you, when you did that, that spot on walking dead. And now all of a sudden you get to go to cons and everybody know who you are on these cons and shit. And you, I mean, like I said, when I was watching the episode, I was watching it and it was like towards the end. It was so fleeting. I was like, <laughs> that looks like Josh. And he got blown up. Holy shit. I think that was Josh and he got blown up. And yeah. then you put it out on Facebook. I'm like, motherfucker, it was him. So like you said, that one little avenue and, and it gives you a whole new fan base. Yep. And that fan base, can, like you said, you still got the marketable tools of tattooing. 
Who's to say they don't want tattoos now? Exactly. You know what I mean? It all works hand in hand. It, it's, you know, and, and what you're saying right there, it, it definitely, I mean, you know, tattooing to me, it goes hand in hand with almost everything you do out there. You know, because you could be a tattoo artist at a Comic-Con. You could be a tattoo artist at any type of venue out there as long as it's, you know, it works for that area. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, different areas you go to, they're going to have different stipulations. And let's face it, at the end of the day, once again, man, it all goes back to money. So if you're willing to pay as a tattoo artist, if I'm willing to go somewhere and pay somebody an extravagant amount of money to show up at, like, you know, some fucking food tasting, and I do food, you know, uh, themed tattoos, and everybody's like, oh, this is fucking great. Well, there you go. Now I'm the next big fucking thing, you know. And, hey, and, and, and you're the one that basically starts the trend. Yeah, and you can. I mean, you have to know how to market yourself, and I think that comes from living, you know, the way that I did, like growing up on that street mentality. Because let's face it, if you come up on the streets, you're always hungry. Now mm-hmm. that hunger is going to take you through different avenues if you let it. Right. You, know, you have to. It can take you down it. the dark side yeah. of it, or you can use it. Use it. Positively. Exactly. So to me, I just looked at it like, wait a minute, would I rather, what would I rather do? Would I rather be a tattoo artist that I can travel anywhere and any or, or be a time tattoo artist in jail? <laughs> and, yeah. And, and make the money wherever I want. Or would I rather be like some fucking drug dealer that's like, okay, I'm out on the street, I'm hustling, this and that. No, I can do my and hustle that's always all day that, long. And there's always that chance of getting yeah, caught. Yeah, and with the tattooing, it's like it's a legal fucking hustle. Yep. You know, you don't have to worry about it. You go anywhere you want to go, you tattoo anywhere you want to tattoo, yep, for the most and you part. charge whatever prices you want. So we were, I remember like we were sitting in there, and you did um, a scarab and an ankh on my back. And I was like, we were just shooting the shit, and we we're talking about wrestling. And we we're talking about toughen up. Yeah. And you said you were trying to, you wanted to get into toughen up before that was even episode uh, season two was coming out. And, yeah, I had tried out for the first season. And of I did, up. I did, and that's when we shared our stories because yeah. I had my 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 little debut thing was on like one of the fucking Monday Night Raws that I to this day never seen it. <laughs> People tell me about it. Weren't you that guy? If you say so, I was that guy. And then from there, you know, we just they doing tattoos, and then we started just corresponding, doing, like, coming to each other's crib, getting tattoos, and then you started fucking, you need to get this, and you fucking tell me to get this tattoo on my chest, and all this, till this day, that's the only motherfucking tattoo I got on my yeah. chest, I'm a bitch, I can't take it, but, uh, and then we used to go around, and, uh, that's the time we did, I did that show for a friend, up uh, in Pennsylvania, yeah. and, uh, and you wanted to see how the mechanics and how ins and outs, and so they had you as a referee. And uh, it was a simple battle royal, and all hell went wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that was the night that I, I realized that, you know, we, I, I want to be the guy that never has to go home and, and deal with your wife. Right, and, right. Yeah, so. Especially when you're crazy gluing somebody, your, your buddy's head together with exactly. some crazy glue. <laughs> yeah. And getting thrown out of a restaurant and a bar one night because mm-hmm. of uh, excess blood. Yeah. So... That was kind of wacky. <laughs> then we, uh, I remember we used to do the little tattoo joints at the house. Yeah. And be up all fucking, I don't know how you do it, man. It's just that, I don't know if it's the age gap or what, or I just can't take, I don't know how you can stay up that late all the time. But that shit, I remember one time we tattooed from fucking dusk to dawn. Literally. Yeah, that's, yeah, it was that, that was how it was. But I mean, you know, to this day, like, it's still kind of like that because, I think what it is, I don't think it's an age gap. I just think it's how you rewire yourself to work. 
And that's what I did because, like, as a biker, as a tattoo artist, like, let's face it, as a oh, fucking... Oh, yeah, I didn't even get that. I forgot about yeah. the fact of motorcycle repairman, everything. This guy's like MacGyver. I mean, as <laughs> as a biker, I'll tell you, like, I've been to parties where, you know, you, you're you up all fucking night, you know? And you do enough of those. And at some point, you're just like, well, fuck, dude. I either got to stop partying or I got to find a job that fits my party right, schedule. Right, right. So I think that's kind of like tattooing. Like, that's good because most shops open at, like... 12 to 1 o'clock, sometimes 11, but not all the time. But, I mean, 12 to 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and then it's they stay open till 11, 12 o'clock. I mean, fuck, I worked for this one that was, uh, it was in San Diego, and it was a 24-hour tattoo studio. And, like, I had third shift, so I, that was the whole, like, wow. okay, you're working from 10 o'clock at night until, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. And I tell you what, that was really a fucking test because I thought, you know, like, back in the day, like you said, we used to tattoo all night long, everything like that, It'd be, it just till whenever. And, you know, then I'm at this, this tattoo studio, and here it comes, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm fucking hating life. And I'm like, yo, fuck this, man. Like, I don't, don't want to do this. Now, I don't know if it was because of the shop or it was just because I'm like, here I am in San Diego. Did you get I a lot just, of clientele, though? At that it time? was a lot of drunk clientele, oh, right, right, you know, right. and, and that made me really like, I, I don't know if, if I want to, I don't even know if I want to say I have, I have certain values or morals or maybe it's just a certain professionality of how I conduct myself as a tattoo artist and what shops like I've owned where I don't tattoo. Anybody that's drunk or under the influence of anything, right, right, you know, right. because I, you know, I feel like your your artwork speaks for yourself, you know. So you put that on somebody, and if they're fucked up, like nobody wants to hear that story. Nobody cares about that story of them coming and being fucked up. They see what's on, and they ask you, like, "Hey, where'd you get that tattoo?" So when they ask you where you got that tattoo, it's either a because they want to go to that shop and deal with an artist like that, or they're going to stay away from that. So that's what you deal with. So you know, for me, that didn't last really long. I liked San Diego, and I'm hoping at some point maybe I get a chance to go back there and work there. But to be honest with you, it was not one of my finer, like shining moments in the tattoo industry. Man, I remember when we was up in the hood, and 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 every tattoo was a black square box. Remember that shit? Yeah, man. A black square box. Everybody walked in there wanted a black, because that's the only thing you can do to cover all this gang shit up. And they were paying coin to get it. They didn't, and like you said, it's all about the money. And But then, you know, people might ask, so where'd you get the black square box from? You know what I mean? I remember we were up there all night long. And I remember going out into the, they had like a barbecue. And the lady goes, oh, go, there's some, there's some food on the barbecue grill. You can go out to the grill out there. And I go out there and I grab some chicken kebabs and these chicken kebabs was raw and I'm eating raw chicken. I was sick as shit. It's like every time I'm around you when we're doing tattoos, I get sick or ready to get into a fucking fight. Yeah, that's another thing. Remember man, the other one that the dude? don't know how to act, man. They, they really don't. When you deal with like the hood mentality, it's because they're not about, you know, a lot of those people aren't about being successful. They're not about making a name or marketing themselves. They're just about getting that money. That's all they care about. They don't really give a shit how they get it. They just want to get but it. But the one that I remember one time we, we were at a, at a, at a, at a, doing a tattoo thing and I'm like tracing for you. And I trace up this piece, and I'm like, yo, man, look at this. This guy actually wants this. And, like, I think any reputable tattoo artist, you would like, to, to the client, you sure you want this? And he's like, hell yeah, I want this. And you're like, dude, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't feel comfortable putting this on there because it kind of looks kind of feminine. Yeah. And he's like, nah, nah, this is what I want. 
We went through it with this guy for maybe 25 minutes to a half hour. His turn came up. You put the ink down just the way he wanted it. I, I traced it just the way he, he, he instructed it drawn. You put it on him. He looked at it. His boys laughed at him. He got mad, not at himself or his boys. He got mad at you. And he said he wasn't going to pay. And I was like, oh, this is not going to be good because Josh is reaching for the briefcase. <laughs> so, so I had to tell the dude at the house, like, yo, you need to talk to your boy and tell him pony up this money before he catch one to the dome. Needless to say, he ponied up the money. But we, the, the story is we told him not to go that exactly. route. We, and then what happened? We do the same thing. Same guy has another party at a different time. I think there was a girl this time, and the girl wanted something, and I was like, we're going through this shit again. So you would like, speak to her, because she's not listening to me, so I tried talking to her. She was adamant that's that's what she wanted. I talked to the guy who owned the house. Look, man, she wants this shit, and I don't want to get into any more bullshit. He tries talking to her. She's adamant. She gets it done, and her old man comes and gets mad at her. And then gets mad at us and wants to fight me for that shit. I'm like, hold up, man. Nobody made this bitch get this tattoo like this. Look, we try to talk her the fuck out of it. Don't get mad at us. They ain't married no more, by the way. But that just, <laughs> just a, it's just a fact, man. I was like, come on. This is ridiculous. Then you get lucky. And then we, when we went to those, uh, remember we went to those, those, it was like a, she was a high paid veterinarian in Pennsylvania. We went to her house. And had all her geeky friends there. Oh, yeah, the, I remember that. They the white were like, lady. The, yeah, yeah, what the fuck? Are the, there was the housewives of whatever the yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, the housewives of whatever the fuck. They were like throwing money at you, man. I was like, yeah. dude, this is crazy. You were doing little tiny tattoos. And they were just loving life. They had like a, like a, it was like almost a girl's night out tattoo yeah, yeah, joint yeah, yeah. at yeah, the house. Yeah, one of the fucking guys. And the one guy that was there was like very feminine. Yeah, and, and he, he was, he was out of the room most yep. of the time. Because they were like, yo, get the fuck out yeah, and watch the out. kids. Go ahead, watch the kids. And they were watching Talladega Nights. Yeah, I'll never yeah, forget yeah. it. I was like, damn, now this is what's, what's up, man. You're doing these little thumbnail sketches. And these chicks were just throwing money. And they were drinking their wine and getting yep. all sex in the city I didn't even have to take off no fucking clothes either. Hell no. Awesome. Like, yo, when you can do something like that, and you, man, that's the fucking best thing ever. Oh, i tell you what was funny. When we were... Uh, we were doing one of our nighters at my place, and uh, you were doing that lower back tattoo for that girl. She know who, who, who it is. <laughs> it was the most simple zodiac sign, and people from outside was knocking on the door because there was so much moaning. Yeah. And it wasn't like bad moaning. It was like overtly sexual moaning. I was like, mm, I'm going to have to wash these fucking chair because this is... Yeah, yeah, it was bad. It was like we can hold up, time out. You got to stop. Yeah, yo, you realize if we would have fucking taped that, we could have sold that to yep. every Ron Jeremy want to fucking be producer out there today. Mm -hmm. We'd still be making money off that motherfucker. It, it was, was a lot of noise. It was a lot of noise with a little bit of ink, and it was just just plain crazy. Ironically, when you when you tattooed, you did a tattoo for her oldest oldest daughter. Now she's like sleeved all the way up. Last time I seen wow. her. So you just gave her the sickness. So she went from that one tiny tattoo you did, I think, on her wrist or something. And that shit just swole all the way up. So, yeah, I mean, it, I always have nothing like, like fond memories, man. We used to do some crazy shit. But, like, I always, my, my wife would always say, like, you wish you were single, don't you? I'm like, 
No. She goes, every time Josh is around, you wish you were single. You, I said, yeah, I can see it in your eyes. I said, you, I can. And it ain't like we out there chasing chicks. No, no. It's just like a freedom type of thing. Yeah. That She says, you can just get up and just go. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I said, I'll get on my bike. I'll be right behind his ass the whole way through. I said, if, if, I'm, if I met him in another life, I'm pretty sure that's how it would go. I said, because... Uh, you know, it's just like, you know, I, I kind of like live vicariously through what you do because I say like, that's what I would have did <laughs> all the time. Because, you know, like, like when you t- when you got into the acting thing and you were like sending me stuff, I was like, this ain't going to work for me. This ain't real. And then it was like kind of funny. Like one, the one you sent me one, I sent something there. It was like through some New York deal. Yeah. Not thinking that it was even legit. I said, well, I'm going to take his word for it. I said it out there. Then I get this response that they wanted to see me on a, I think it was a Friday or something. And it was just so happens that I wasn't in town that day. So I had to cancel out because I didn't think it was a legit thing anyhow. Yeah. And it turned out it was an audition for the get down. So I missed out on that. So next time I get something through there, I got to take some more shots or something. And, and like you said, you ain't getting any younger and, and life's too short. So what have I got to fucking lose? Well, you know, for, for, for you and for everybody out there that, that listens, um, you know, what, what I can say with that is, uh, you know, my attitude about a lot of things is it's real simple when it comes down to it. And you can take it like this is, you know, all right, whatever you do day to day basis, uh, whatever your job is, whatever you have at home, like, OK, you already know what you have. All right. So here's the thing. If you get an opportunity, if any opportunity comes out there. I feel, in my my opinion, I feel like I'm going to take it because the worst thing that happens is I go out there and fail, and then I know what I come the fuck home to. Like, right, it, right, it, right. it's not a loss, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, like, right. But if you go out there and you succeed, holy shit, man, now that opens a whole different right. world for you. And I think, you know, my friend out in California, he said it to me best because he... He called me on my bluff years ago, and, and I feel like it's not so much now, but that's at that point in time, that's who I was. At one point, he said to me, he said, you know, Josh, he said, I think what it is about you is that it's not that you're afraid to fail. You're afraid to succeed. Hmm. And I was like, nah, bullshit. And you know what? <laughs> really? That was the truth. I never looked because at it like that either. Bro. I was afraid to fucking succeed. Because when you set the bar and you set that standard so high to a point where like you feel physically and mentally, you'll never even reach it. Well, what happens when you do reach that? Whatever mm-hmm. bar it is, like if you decide, I don't know what the fuck it is. Whatever the fuck it is you decide that you're All like, right. yo, I'm going to set the craziest fucking bar. What happens one day when you reach that bar? What happens? For some people, it may be something as simple as, like, Lamborghini. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I want to own a Lamborghini. Well, what happens if you get a chance and you got a little bit of money, you go out to California and somebody approves you for a fucking a Lambo? Now, you're you like, it. well, you got a Lambo. Like, <laughs> okay, what do, you, yeah, what do you do from there? You know, yeah, so you I think that's, one. that's what it was for me. And uh, once I, honestly, once I went to California and I started just, I, I gave myself to you know, Los Angeles, I gave myself to California, I let go of that person, who I was, and I got rid of all the uh, the the issues that I had at that point in time, I tell you what, it worked out so much better for me in the long run, because now, I don't really have a standard, there's not like a, 
a level that I want to get to. It's just every day you're working more and more to get mm-hmm. towards certain goals. And there's not just one goal. There's a ton of them, you know? So, I mean, it is what it is. You know, you just got to take it and run with it. You how'd, know, you, just, how'd you even bother? Uh, how'd you even, like, like, did you, like, were you in California doing tattoos and this but opportunities not fell in your lap or where did you proceed it? You know, you nah. now you mean for the acting, for right? the acting. Did, okay. you, did you just up and say, I'm going to try acting. And nah. you just started to look into well, it. Well, it kind of went like that. I'll, uh, I'll give you the rundown on it, man. Um, you know, here I am in New Jersey. I'm, I'm working at a tattoo studio and it was only for a little bit of time. I thought I was only going to be here for a little bit of time, but a little bit of time turned into almost a year, you know? So here I am at the tattoo studio and it's like day by day, you know, you feel at some point you feel like you're a hamster on a fucking wheel, you know? Right. And it's just like, for the people that really don't get it, it's just, you know, I went from owning a tattoo studio for years to opening up shops up and down the coast. And then, right. you know, I decided to come back to Jersey and help a, help a friend uh, out and, you know, come back to a shop that I previously worked at. So here I am doing the do all over again, uh, you know, and at, at one point, you know, uh, something comes through and there was just somebody gave me a call and said to me, hey, man, you might want to check this out. I saw it on Facebook. It was a, uh, you know, it, it was an audition for uh uh, show like a motorcycle based show out in California, you know. Um, and you know, I went up to New York, and here I am in the big city. And you know, I was like, Holy fuck, man! Like, I feel like I'm back home again, you know. Because years ago, as a martial artist, I fought in Madison Square mm-hmm. Garden, and to me, that was one of the coolest things ever is to be like, Holy fuck, man! Like, I'm back home, yeah. And you I'm, get that feeling, I'm in and, Madison Square and, and it's Garden, real, dude. it's like New York seems to bring that out a lot of yeah. people because it sure does with me. Bright Lights, Big City, man. You feel like you can fucking do anything there, you know? Even when you're just on a fucking, uh, you're in a cab, you know? And you're just like, holy shit, man, I could take on the world. And that was the mentality I went up there with, you know? was uh, I went out there. The first day I got there, I did the audition, and it was funny because my audition was, uh, and I don't know how far you want me to go into Keep so, going, right. man. Well, my audition, and some people out there are probably going to laugh, but here it is, people. Um, you know, they hand me a, a bunch of different uh, sides, we call them, or monologues, should mm-hmm. we say. So they hand me a bunch of different monologues, and the guy says, all right, man, you know, I'm going to give you like five minutes, and I'm going to put you in a room, and, you know, you're going to, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm going to do this. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's how it is. So he leaves the room, and I'll tell you what, he closed the door, and I was like, okay, cool. So I looked through all these monologues, and really what got me to this monologue was because this is who I am is, is I looked at everything and I saw how small some of them were. And I was like, well, fuck man, I could do this. No problem. That. And then I found one that was like a page and a fucking page. Yeah, I'm going to get the biggest. And we'll I said, you know, one. it just, it clicked in my head. It's like, if I'm going to fucking fail, yo, I'm going to crash and burn this <laughs> motherfucker. I'm in New York city, baby. Right? Like this is it. So I was like, fuck it, man. I'm like, I got this. So they just give you like pages of like, like almost like a little mini, Script to remember? Well, or, for for that or, for that company, that's what it was. And I mind you, I didn't know this was just some cold call type shit. Like I went up there, they were like, "Cool, we like your look. Come come here. You're gonna do an audition." So I didn't even know what that entailed. So mm-hmm. I get there, I'm like, "Fucking, I'm ready to take on the world." Like I said, they sit me in this room, throw a bunch of paper, you know, a bunch of different papers on the desk, and they're just like, "Pick through and find one of them that you like, and we're gonna give you five minutes to go over them and." Uh, you know, come out and, and this is how it's going to be. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I picked the biggest one and I'm like, fuck it, man. So I start reading through it. Now, mind you, I had never seen the movie 
that this monologue was from. So I didn't know what the fuck it was about. I just, I read through it and I'm like, okay, cool, cool. And I'm going through it, boom, 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 boom. And next thing I know, the door opens, the guy's like, all right, come on, it's your turn. I'm like, okay, great. So as I'm going into the room, I hand off the paper to him. Because, I mean, honestly, that's what I thought I was supposed to Mm -hmm. do. And he's like, well, you don't want to take this with you? And I'm like, uh, I didn't know what to say. But then I'm thinking, like, is this a test? So all this shit's going on right, in my right, head because right, it's right. the first time for me. So I'm like, well, shit, it's a test. Like, I'm like, no, I'm good. So I give the paper back to the guy. I'm like, I don't even want it. You know? I go in there. And I'll tell you what. As I walk in, there's a room. And on, on this, uh, you know, uh, in this room, should I say, there's a bunch of chairs. And all of them are fucking empty, which is usual, I guess, at this point. you know. And, and I look up on the stage. And there's this big, long table. And there's like four people there. And these four people were just, I felt like I was on a fucking TV show or something. I'm like, right. holy shit, dude. Because yeah. I'm in front of all these people and they're all looking at me like, judging, 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 you know? Like, holy fuck, man. And when that door slammed, that was probably the loudest door slam ever, you know? Because I'm Go like, from. holy fuck, yeah. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> so I'm already getting all kinds of nervous. And I mean, that's not really me, but it was something new. So I'm like, well, fuck it. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to walk out. You're going to embrace it, whatever. So I, I embraced it. I'm like, you know what? Let's do this. And I got up there and they said, okay, you know, are you ready? And, you know, at that point, I didn't really know what to do or say. So they were, they, they took me through the process of, you know, of how to slate. So I go up there and I, I slate. What's which that mean? Basically, when you slate, you're just going to. When you do it on camera or when you do it in front of somebody, you come in there and you say, you know, hi, oh, my yeah. name is such and such. You, you know, introduce yourself. Yeah, you introduce yourself, you say where you're from, and, you know, depending on what they ask for or what you're, you know, you say you tell different them what you're things. For. Yeah. And that's what I did. Well, I do it the first time, and they could tell that I was nervous. So it was like, wow, holy shit. Like, and the guy was like, look, do you want to do it again? And I'm like, yeah, I'd like to, you know. And I was like, all right. So I did the whole, like, deep breath, saw type of shit, you know. And I jumped right back into it. Like, I didn't even really take too long. I was like, you know what? Because my attitude was, let's do this. I, I More or less, I think I was like, let's do this and get it the fuck over. Yeah, no, you know right, what right, I mean? Right. Like, I already wasted like, enough of like, that time. shit, man. <laughs> I was, I'll be honest, like, I was scared, man. It was another moment in my life where it was like, I was, I had a fear, you know? And it was like, well, You're telling you telling this, I, I'm now, I'm definitely in, intrigued by, by the whole, just the process alone. I just like to see how it go that far. So I'm setting my bar very low. I just want to be able to, be able to do that. Yeah. And then I'll take it from there. Oh, shit. That's, I mean, it was, it, it's. It's just about, you know, you go up there and you, you give what you can, you know, you give what's inside you, you know, and, and that's what I did. And what was, what, what did you have to uh, read Well, about? this is the funny part. And I know a lot of people out there are going to laugh. They're going to be like, ah, hey, what the fuck, you know, but this was it. Like, I found out later on that the monologue that I read, it was the monologue from, it was uh, Dory's monologue from Finding Nemo. Where oh, she right. was talking about, you know, like forgetting and you know, losing somebody and this and all and, that. You and know. her memory is yeah, bad. Mem- yeah, yeah. So I did that whole thing, and it was like, and then I went home later on, and I watched it, and I was like, oh, what the shit. Fuck? I said that. <laughs> like, I, I read for this fish, man. Like, fuck wow, Ellen dude, DeGeneres. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was crazy, but at the same time, it was cool. You know, I was like, holy shit, this was already. You were definitely, literally, a fish out of water, and you <laughs> took the, the hardest one, it sounds like, out of the bunch that you took the one with the most pages. I would think it would be the hardest one. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was crazy because then they asked me if I if I'd be willing to read something else. So I was like, yeah, sure. And at this point, like we already broke the ice, at the, you know. And I'm just like, I'm not really comfortable, but it's kind of like 
okay, cool. I'm, I don't. They ain't feel, throw me out of my head yet. Yeah, so. I don't feel awkward, you know. So I'm like, all right, well, fuck it, whatever. Like at this point, like I'm already staying, so we might as well do something else, you know? Like shit, I'm here. Why not? So they they asked me to read uh, for a commercial. So I was like, cool. So out of the commercials, I pick a uh, I pick a band aid commercial, and um, yeah, it was different. First time I read it, because they told me to take the paper with me, and they were like, basically, it's like a cold read, you know. They want you to do it right on the spot, and you you do the emotion, like, mm-hmm. as you as you see it, you know. So, it was like, it would be like me handing you a piece of paper right now, and be like, Roddy, let's read through this script right now. We're going right. to do this back and forth, and you know, here we go. And you're like, oh, shit. Now we, He takes the Band-Aid off. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't even know what it's about, but it's like, okay, as you're skimming through it, you're right. like, okay, well, I got to put some emotion into it. So, the first time I go through... The guy's like, okay, cool, you know, and I read it kind of fast because once again, like I just, I wanted to get through it, you know, and I was like, fuck, man. I didn't realize this was kind of like my moment in the fucking spotlight, you know, I was more like, well, I'm, I'm kind of worried about this. I don't know if I'm fucking up. I don't know if right. I'm doing it right. And I don't feel comfortable right here. You know what I'm saying? And this whole, like, I didn't feel comfortable with it. I'm like, ah, it's just because it's and all new. And you're so used to being comfortable with almost everything you do anything. Yeah. So I read it, and the guy's like, yo, let's let's do this again. He's like, you know, take a moment, you know, and he's like, let's read through it again. And I do it, and I'm like, all right, cool. So what I did at that point was I just got into my, my zone. I, I got my zen. I got my zen on, let's just say, you know. I got, And I'm just like, here I am. So I do it, and the guy's like, and everybody, you know, the guy looks at everybody else, and everybody's like, they're looking back and forth, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck, dude? Am I, like, off the island or some shit? Like, I don't even <laughs> know what to say. Yeah, yeah, what's going on here? And they were like, no, that was really good. And he's like, so what would what did you uh, what did you envision? And I was just like, you know what, man, here it is. I was like, look, when how I was doing this, because I was walking back and forth, because they told me, they said, you know, while you're doing it, you feel free to walk around, do whatever, whatever hand motions you gotta do, whatever it's gonna do to put you in the moment, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. So I said, Cool, man. So here I am. I pictured me walking with like, you know, just some random friend, not even like a name friend, not even anybody I fucking knew, just somebody I'd be really comfortable with. I picture me and this cat walking through the park, okay, and here it is, like this is my whole scene. We're walking through the park, and I'm talking to this cat about how like this band-aid, it's so great, and how it stays on, and this, that, and the third, and like as we're walking, I'm talking, you know, maybe a lady's like pushing a baby down the way and stuff, there's birds fucking chirping around, you know, we're painting this whole fucking picture, you know, and I'm just like so comfortable walking through the park doing our thing you know right. and at the end it was like that's what it was it was just happy it was just happiness right. and you know i was having fun and, and you it. put yourself in that spot yeah and it worked and it, and it fucking worked and i realized that actually having creativity is what is going to get you to zone in and do what you need to do with that in that moment that's when i realized it's like i could easily as an I don't know if it's, it's just the artistic side of me. I'm not right, going to say right. as a tattoo artist, but I've always been creative artistic and, and creative, artistic. Right. I feel like once I harness that... And you inhabit it, that's, it's, you take 90% of the workload off you. Yeah, you're already I, I, I turned this whole scene into me. Like I'm, All I had to do was read a script, but in my head, what's around me is I have a whole scene going the fuck on, and I'm not worried about nobody. Like I'm in my zone. And that right there... That was what did it for me. That's how I knew. It was like, you know what, man? You can do this. Like, that's that's the same thing in wrestling. It separates. And you could tell even if, you know, because now even more so, you're, you're, you're athletic, you're artistic, and you're actor. And that's three things you need to be in professional wrestling. And you can watch some of these guys. They, they're missing one. Yeah. So a lot of them are missing one. Some of them can have the athleticism. 
they can be uh, art- artistic in a way, but when it comes to that whole imagination and actually inhabiting the character that they're trying to prote- portray, it can't work. Yeah. That's like putting Brock Lesnar out there and saying, like, all right, your character is going to be uh, a florist, a muscle-bound florist. It ain't going to work because that ain't who he is. Yeah. It's easy for him to be who he is, and who he is is fucking caveman. You know, how fucking hard is that to, for him? And, exactly. and you see people that really... Uh, flourished in that business like stone cold he took himself turned it up to fucking 12 and it was entertaining just like the rock and fucking guys look at him now he's the fucking highest paid actor in the fucking world because he knew how to take what his natural god given artistic ability was and just turn it up and he just talk about hustle man that guy just i don't think that fucker sleeps that dude is non-stop yeah, and yeah. it's the same. In, I mean, even when I was doing my little thing, you know, I just said, look, I can't just go out there and just go through the motions. I got to be, a, if that's even possible, a louder, more obnoxious version of me. Because you got to, everything's got to be bigger. You, your, your persona has to be bigger. Uh, you can't throw a fucking regular punch at a guy because you got to throw a fucking wrestling punch. And them punches are big. That means cartoonishly big, like in the real world, you would block that punch. You see it coming a mile away. And uh, a lot of people don't understand that because some of guys come from the sporting world and they're out there trying to actually make it look like a sport and all, but which is great, but you still got to put that showmanship in there. And you just, you just nailed that in a nutshell just with that whole audition. That's, I mean, everything that you just said is what they're looking for. Well, that's the thing. You know, and I knew, like, with my age, I mean, you're – I'm go. I'm I'm up against like the worst at this point because here I am. You know, I'm forty something years old, and it's like you know all these all these new people. You know, all these new like Hollywood kids. I mean, they're all fucking kids. You know what I'm saying? Like they got years of of uh, theater experience, everything like that. Most of them come. A lot of them come from like privileged fucking lifestyles mm-hmm. and this and that. It's like here I am, a kid. I, I grew up on the fucking street. You know what I'm saying? Right. Swinging at the fucking fences and everybody else. And you know, it's I'm trying it out. And I'll be honest with you. There's sometimes where you get on fucking set and you see these people and they try and make their presence known. And my like initial thought is like. Yo, I want to catch you in a fucking parking lot and run your pockets. You know what I mean? Like that's just what it is. Like, oh, okay, so you went to acting school? Well, cool, man. I went to the school of hard knocks. Let's see what works out better, you know? But as you get older, you know, you realize like, ah, you know, I can't really be acting like that and uh, you know, it doesn't always work out that way, but it's it is. It's a different world that you get into. And the one thing that I've come to notice is that uh you like what was different to me as a martial artist, let's just say, is what martial arts we're always trained to, if we have weaknesses, to work them at some point to hopefully be part of our strengths. You know, to mm-hmm. be like a well-rounded martial artist or a well-rounded fighter or a well-rounded individual in general. And, you know, what I've been seeing in Hollywood is just like, from my perspective anyway, I can't say this is everybody, I can't speak for everybody, but what I've been seeing is that what it is is fuck your weaknesses. Whatever your strengths are, that's what you need to concentrate on. And, and, and believe it or not, that's how we did it in wrestling, too. It's like, hide every weakness you got. Just hide it. You know? And sometimes, it's like, uh, you know, they say, we're going to cover your weaknesses up with your strengths. But if you keep hiding your weaknesses, that's what they're going to be all the time. You know? Like, your, your version is way more, it makes more sense that you embrace the weakness and then try to make your weakness 
part of your strength type of thing. Yeah. But, you know, like, on that note, like, as a martial artist, like, it, it doesn't work in Hollywood because, you know, like, everywhere I go, all my headshots, everything I do, what I get cast as now is, I mean, the biker deal with The Walking Dead, that was the one time that I'm the biker. And I can't say the one time because in, in the uh, Powers, I guess Powers 2 or something, whatever the hell it is on PlayStation, I don't even watch the damn thing because I don't have a PlayStation, uh, but what is it? Uh, it's it's Powers or Powers 2 or something like that. Superhero. Thing. Yeah, yeah. You was in that too? Yeah, I was in that too. I was a biker in that. We All had right, because I seen it. That must be the second season because they canceled the show. We, we had this seen deal the first at season. a bar and uh, I was, once again, I was a biker, you know? So I was like, okay, cool. This is all right. But the majority roles I get are FBI agents. CIA guys, uh, <laughs> detectives, you know, like all the clean cut. And I right. don't mind that. Don't get me wrong. But I realized that all that, that's my strength. Mm -hmm. So I no, I don't want to grow my hair long and try and be, you know, somebody is somebody, not. Yeah, somebody I'm not. I mean, it'd be great. Like my one of my friends that I film with a guy named Joey Rodriguez, him and I, I mean, great fucking friends. We ride together. We do all kinds of shit together in Atlanta. But the deal is like. I wish I had his look because if you're looking for that pirate guy because he wears an eye patch, right. like in real life, oh, he wears track. an eye patch and he's got the long hair. So it's like he can play like the, the, the roles like that where like, you know, he's part of like some type of militia or right, right. You know, just anything like that. Biker, biker roles in general. He's got that all day long. Or he can be like the Rock and Vin Diesel. Them motherfuckers can play Italians. Yeah. They can play black people. They can play Spanish people because they're so innocuous. With their ethnicity, so. he's got that all day long. I don't have that, you know. But then nah, I, he's, he's pretty told, much the bald head black guy. He, he's told me times too <laughs> where we've talked about roles, and he's like, "Yo, man, I wish I could have gotten that." You know, like when I was on, uh, I was on the new Captain America Civil War. Mm -hmm. I got to play a Shield agent, and I did some tactical, and you know, a couple other things in general, and it was it was awesome, you know. And he, he was just like, "Man, you know, I wish I could have got on that or this, that, and the third. But I'm like, I don't know, man. I guess. I guess you see it from different angles, you know, when you're not that type mm -hmm. of person. You're like, damn, I wish I had the long right. hair. I wish Back I had that look, right. you know. Uh, but I do know, like, all day long, I mean, last year I was uh, I was booked three weeks in advance for everything, you know. Like, oh. I, I was turning down shit just because I'm like, well, I'm on this production for the next four weeks and, mm -hmm. you know, I can't do anything until that. Like, I can't cut my hair or whatever. It was just so crazy. So now that I've gotten a chance to you know, get off of some of those productions and we've wrapped with a lot of things and, you know, now I'm doing like more auditions now than, than I was before because I'll be SAG eligible now like very soon. Right. So it's just, I feel like, well, now it's a whole nother level, you know, that I got to get on to. Right, and right. now it's more about like learning more and, and working on my craft more than trying to get on everything just getting out on, there. just yeah. getting your foot in the door so you yeah. already got the foot in the door deal now you, now you want to embellish on that yeah i mean the last the last film i did uh it's called uh blood mercy and i filmed that with uh, sergio briones uh who is uh it, the production was the uh, briones brothers they uh he's from i guess ecuador or something or he films over there a lot he's a former filmmaker uh last film i did i actually ended up uh tearing my tendons in my shoulder and uh I got really fucked up on set, you know, because, <laughs> physically, because they had me, I was acting, I was doing stunts, I was a fight choreographer, I was even, you know, script writing, like, on, on, set. on set, so it was, it was really crazy, so, like, to go from just being in New York and having an idea, I right. went, it was a fucking idea I had in my head, 
to now on my resume, I can say I've done all this up to the point of like screenwriting and stunts and choreography and acting. You know, it's like, wow, man. And that's been within one year that I've done that. And I mean, if you really want to be technical about it, it's been from January up until now. That's what I've done. You know, that mm-hmm. whole like transition from just a basic background guy to this stage now. Because uh, I guess, because I guess, I guess goes in like uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Like, like, like segments. Like you're the background guy, then you can be the mid ground guy, right? And then you move up closer to the foreground, and then you get feature parts or something like that. Well, right? here's the thing. I, what I, what I'm starting to understand, or what I've begun to understand in Atlanta's circle is that it's about your look you know Mm -hmm. it's if you have a certain look if you're that guy that can have that hair they want you for these things you know so that's why now before it was all about me being me and trying to like okay when I first started out I had this hairstyle and it was like you know what this is what it's going to be and then as I started to learn and I became more educated with the process and how you actually get casted in what people look for and what like Hollywood's looking for. Now I just got to the stage where I don't even want to do my hair the majority of the time. Yeah, we were and, saying and that because you're so used to them doing it for you anyhow. They, they make you whoever you want to be. Whoever they want you to be. You can't really, like, I feel like you just can't have a soul anymore. You, just, <laughs> you, can't, you can't even be yourself. You know, it's like there is no more you. If you give yourself, and that's what you have to do in order to succeed in any industry, you have to give yourself to that industry. And I mean give yourself to the point where if if you were to go home today, like if you look around for everybody out there that's married, you have significant other, you have kids, you have everything. If you would be willing to sacrifice everything and come home to an empty house, then you know what you're doing is for you. Now, to me, that's the way I feel about right. trying to be an actor is... I don't give two shits if there's anybody at home, if I have anything, if, you know, if everything goes to hell, as long as I can show up that next day on set, that's what I care about. Because to me, that's where I feel alive. Mm-hmm. So I know that's right for me. Every yeah, time, I mean, I ain't for everybody, yeah, but, but, for but, everybody. but like you said, you said right for you. Yeah, right for me. And I think, too, that that's what you got to do. You, you really have to think about that, like what's right for you. I think a lot of times too many people, they live in this world of, like, what's right for society. Like, what society deems as right, you know, like, what's right. normal. And it's like, well... And you got to follow that We used to say, cut yeah, out. We used to say, remember, like, keeping up with the Joneses? Like, yeah, yeah, number yeah, one, yeah. Where the fuck did that ever come from? And where okay, the, where the fuck, fuck are were the Joneses? Joneses? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, when I hear that, I, I, I laugh about that now because I think to myself, like, well... In this day and age, when you can go yourself, I mean, look at us right now. Who the fuck would ever thought 20 years ago that we'd be sitting back doing a podcast right, right now? Right. Who, nobody ever thought that. Like, nope. basically, this is like having your own fucking show. Pretty and much. When would we have ever thought about? Well, we got our own show. Right? <laughs> no. right, right, no, right, man. right. I was the guy tattooing. You were. Yeah, no, I was the guy getting the tattoo. And falling on his head yeah. and splitting his head open. Nowadays, you can do anything you want to do. So to me, I just feel like anybody that's not doing what you want to do, you need to change your your level of thinking, your way of thinking. You know, and sometimes I guess it's it's almost like your circle of people around you because mm-hmm. I kind of feel like 
you are who the fuck you hang with, you know, right, in, in right. some in certain ways. I mean, just because like I have some derelict friends, it doesn't mean I'm right. always a derelict. Right, you know right, I mean, right. like eighty five percent of the time, maybe ninety, I'm a derelict. But you know what, dude? Like mm-hmm. that other ten percent or fifteen, I'm fucking good. But it's basically like, <laughs> like almost like what you're saying. I was speaking to someone about it before. Is like uh, back when you were younger, you 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 want this massive circle. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if it's just an insecurity of, of of you as a person, but everybody seemed to want that massive circle. It's even the same thing now. If you look at people on Facebook, they want to have a thousand friends. What the fuck do you need a thousand friends for? I'll be begging motherfuckers to fucking them follow me because I don't know have the time to be deleting your monkey ass. Exactly. <laughs> Delete me. I don't give a goddamn. You know. But now I I, I find I'm more comfortable with a smaller circle yeah. literally i mean and i can actually count with maybe one hand yeah and, and 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 sadly they say in the wrestling business you can count your friends with one hand i could probably count in the wrestling business right now four people that i can actually call up and talk to yeah i mean i don't want nothing because that's a again it's a cutthroat business they, they they're so insecure they think they're out. Everybody's out to get them, and and maybe that's why I never went as far as I everybody thought I should have. A, I started off late, but no excuse. I think I was just as good as the next guys out there. But yeah. it's like there's people that are just so insecure that like he's trying to take my spot. He's trying to do this. I don't want shit. You got nothing. And and if I want it, I'll earn it. I don't want you to give me shit, and I'm not gonna take it from you. I'll just earn it myself. It's just like a and, and I hand and that's how I handle like life life. Small circle, and that's fine by me. I don't got fucking, dude, I ain't got time to be worrying about what other motherfuckers think all the time. I'll be begging people all the time on Facebook, could you please just fucking unfriend me? Cause, or at least if Facebook got all these, every, every fucking couple months they got like a new fucking uh, 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 technology in there, how they can make your fucking things better and your pictures instant and this, that, and for Fucking make a way where I can just fucking press a button. To delete all the fucking people I don't want to fucking have to deal with. Yep. I mean, I don't. I mean, dude, I'd be getting fucking hate mail from the clan, <laughs> all these fucking right wing groups and shit, you know. But you know, and then they go, "Well, you shouldn't talk about these things." What the fuck? Not why not? Everybody's talking about them. I have the fuck opinion on that shit. I fucking, I gotta wake up in the morning every day and live it. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I named the, the podcast. Uh, cast blacklisted people was like oh it's because you're black right not exactly i mean you can be blacklisted and be white you can yeah. be blacklisted and be a woman you can be blacklisted and be spanish it's just it's how society will blacklist your ass because you know they don't have no room for you or you you use the we we took all we can take from you so we don't need you anymore type of deal and and, and that's just how I, I i see it i see i don't see it as a straight up, uh, like a hate on against the man. But if you're the man and you think you, sh- if people are hating on you, then there's a fucking reason for it. You know, it ain't exactly. just like people are just making this shit to fuck up. Yeah. So that's why, uh, you know, when people were like, you'd be saying some of this wildest shit, you know, I take it you don't have any white friends. I said, I take it you don't fucking know me, so you need to shut the fuck up. You know, exactly. it doesn't even matter. Well, you, you know, too, along with that, what I laugh about on Facebook is, uh, Here's the thing, right, is, you know, you, you've known me for a long time now, and we've we've done a lot of shit together. Mm-hmm. And 
what I laugh about is I, I get these fans, these followers, and, you know, I just want to say this to everybody out there that's listening. Um, you know, I'm grateful for everybody out there that follows me, everybody out there that has, you know, gone and, you know, ordered uh, autographs, uh, you know, or come to see me at different events and gotten autographs or taken pictures of me. I appreciate all that. But the fact of the matter is, is like nobody really knows me except my inner circle, mm -hmm. you know, and I find it hilarious when people listen to the podcast that I put up uh, and they're just like, oh, what the fuck? It's like, well, how can you really judge me when you don't know me? You know, they this is judge you from what they know me. of you. Yeah, this is me. And if you don't like it, then you know what? Hit the fucking unfollow button. There you go. You know, and honestly, I, I know a lot of fans out there, like whoever's listening to this, if you follow me, if you're fans of me, whatever your deal is, uh, you know, and if you hate me, that's fucking awesome too. And if you're giving my man here, you know, some fucking uh, time to listen and another follower, that's fucking great too. That's, but Yeah, he, he, what's your yeah. podcast called again? Oh, it's uh, All Things Created Evil. And, <laughs> and and it's it's on opinion, so okay, you can cool. find me anywhere, All Things Created Evil, uh, on opinion. And, you know, my thing is this, is... Uh, you know, you might not like what I say or uh, who I am, but that's the thing. Like, you got to listen and you got to know me to fucking judge me, you know, or else you're just like anybody right, out there right. that's uninformed. And, you know, like, I don't really, at the end of the day, I don't really give a fuck. But here's the bottom line for me is everybody that sends me a friend's request, I will accept them. I have no problem. But as soon as I accept them, I fucking unfollow you <laughs> because the only thing that goes on in my feed is anything that has to do with the acting community right, or the that's SAG. Because that's where yeah. you're, 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 you're concentrating on. And I think, like, as individuals, I think if we would, uh, you know, just have that tunnel vision of this is what I'm on, whether it's, uh, you know, you have a fucking lemonade stand and you're selling lemonade and all you want to do is deal with people that have positive things to say about lemonade or you're the guy that's selling fucking boiled peanuts and that's the only people you deal with are that like you get what I'm saying out there people mm -hmm. it's you have to make sure that your feed is for you once you start subscribing to everybody else's right, bullshit right, right. that's when you get off your track so that's what I learned in California is Stay on your track. Stay some on people, your road, man. Some people are on their road, but it's a road to hell. Yeah, well. But but they're on this road, and they could be in a fucked up relationship. They could be having some issues at work. They, I mean, but then to instead of fixing the potholes in their road, they'll veer off into some other shit, and that and that makes them feel good for. Whatever temporary reason that's going to be, they'll veer off into some crazy shit. Either it's something positive or something negative. They still got to come back to that road, and that road is still fucked up. So fix that fucking road. That's what I say. I'll uh, I'll, I'll tell you something. And I got told sitting at a uh, a very notorious, uh, and I'll just say I don't know how like if we can mention certain places on your podcast. Okay, well here here I am. Well, you know, I just I don't know. Uh, here I am. I'm sitting in, uh, in in Malibu at Paradise Cove, and I'm at a bar. And this is when I first got there. And I was I was like very green to uh, California. And I hate to use the word fucking green, but a lot yeah. of people they they understand it. I'm like, oh, okay, green. So you know, I, I was very new to California, and uh, you know, I was kind of new to the mindset, and I didn't really know how to take it. So I didn't really have an attitude per se, but I was kind of like standoffish to a right, lot of right. shit, you know. So 
let's face it, as grown men, we go and we sit down at a bar, and the Jersey mindset is to like be like, well, fuck everybody else, you know. And the first person right. that talks to you, I'm take it with an right attitude, right. you know. Fuck for, you, mean yeah, by that? Yeah, for no reason. <laughs> so here That's I am. That's what we're What the fuck you mean by that? Yeah. So here I am, in Paradise Cove. I sit down, and this older gentleman starts talking to me, and I was like, "Hey, what's up, man?" He's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And so we start talking stuff, and he said, "Where are you from?" And I said, "Well, originally, you know, I said I'm from the East Coast." You know, I told him where I was from. He was like, "Oh, okay." And we started talking. I said, but, you know, like, I'm out here, and one of my friends, I promised one of my friends out here that I would forget who I was. Like, I'd be a different person. You know, I'm not going to bring all the baggage mm-hmm. from that place where I'm from. I'm not going to bring that out here. So I'm trying to be a better individual. I'm trying to be a better person. He was like, cool, man. You know, so we start talking. And he said, you know what, um, you know the difference between, like, the East Coast and the West Coast? And I was like, nah. I said, you know, what's up? He said, one of the biggest differences, he said, how many of your friends back home people watch? I said, well, pretty much everybody I know. Right. And he said something now for a lot of people listening out there. They may feel some kind of way about this. Because I know I did it first, but I didn't take it personally. And this is the difference, I guess, between me and a lot of people is he told me, he said, well, the reason why is because those people are unsuccessful. And it took me a second. He said, now, he said, I'm going to tell you the reason why. He said, because on the West Coast. He said, I don't people watch. He said, nobody I know people watches. You know why? He said, because I'm too busy concentrating on what I'm doing and where I'm right. going in life. I have no time to give to anybody else. So I don't give two shits what anybody else does. I'm worried about me. And I said, you know what, man? That wasn't him trying to be a dickhead to me. Right. That was him giving me a lesson right. in life that I probably would have paid somebody else for to basically just and, tell and me to mind your really, fucking I business. Never, dude. I never really <laughs> you know I mean? thought about it like that, but it makes a lot of sense. So when, now that I come back to Jersey, I see people watching people, and I'm like, holy fuck, the time you're spending watching people, you could be spent on, on, yourself. on yourself, and what are you doing? Like, you're taking money away from yourself. Why are you doing that? Dude, holy fuck, it's dude. It's just like Yoda. Yoda said that shit. <laughs> he said that shit about Luke. He says, Luke is always worrying about the future and adventures, not where he's going, not his... not. Being mindful of the forest at this given moment. So, yeah, it's very yodelish you got from some old cracker in California. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, man. Like, to me, that's the lifestyle that I want to live. You know, like, I, f- I finally found myself in, in you know, who would have fucking thought, dude? In fucking in Los Angeles, California. I found myself. And it's like, you know, I didn't like the person that I was in, in New Jersey. You know, I didn't like that Jersey guy. It was like, I always had an attitude. I always felt some kind of way about something. I always you felt always like, had that briefcase. Yeah, I always had a fucking briefcase. You know? <laughs> I always, always got to worry about some bullshit. Now I go out there. I'm living my life. I'm happy. I'm fucking content, man. And all I'm trying to do is just be a better person. And that's, that's what I'm trying and, and, to do. You know what? And you're doing what a lot of people, like you said, I mean, a lot of people struggle with that. And you do, you, you're doing it, you know. And, and then you're being successful on a side note. Yeah. Well, so yes. on that, like, I know a lot of people, especially I know my man Sal, he, he going to want me to ask you, like, who are some of, like, some of the more famous cats you had to work with? Uh, Michael Keaton, Robert Downey Jr. Michael Keaton was in the... He was in The Founder. The Founder. Yeah. Did they, they didn't release that yet. No, that, that'll that be coming out. That looks you know, good. Yeah. With, uh, uh, Roy Kroc. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really, really good movie. Uh, I like the way they do things, uh, you know, on that set, man. That was, that was awesome. And I'll tell you what, like, I really wish that I could talk more in depth about it. And once it comes out, I know right, I'll be right. able to. But for right now, like, I know I really can't say much. So I just keep it at this, man. Like... 
everybody I worked with there, uh, from you know from the bottom to to the top, even Keaton himself, like they were all like very professional individuals, and they really like if you. If you stopped, like, you know, sometimes you got to stop and listen in life, you know, mm-hmm. to, to just the things around you, to just people in general, to the situation, uh, you know, not the Jersey Shore situation, but the situation that, that's <laughs> at hand, you know, uh, you got to listen. And that's what I did, man. Like every set I've gone on from the day I started, I took martial arts uh, mentality in with me because martial arts mentality for me has always been be like a sponge. Soak up everything you possibly right. can. Never know, you might use it. Exactly. And that's what I did. So w- with Mike working with Michael Keaton and that, that whole you know founder uh, production, it was one of the first things I did. And I'll tell you what, it was uh, it blew my mind, man. It was, it was so like uh, a different world, you know, getting into it. You learn so many things on set, mm. man. You talk to so many people. You get so many different points of views. And you... You see the way that things happen from, you know, from the beginning to the end. And uh, it was, I mean, it was amazing, man. Just amazing to see how things transition, you know. And, from, and how they put it together. Yeah, so, man. It, you so know, you went from Keaton and the founder. Then you said Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson. Oh, so that was the Civil War set. That was the Civil War, man. Civil War was, was an awesome set, man. I'll tell you what. Like, they really make you feel, Marvel really makes you feel like you are a, uh, you're a professional you know, you go to set. You're on a you're on a set from the minute you get there to the minute you leave. It is completely professional. Man. I remember when you when you hit me up on the side. You was like, "Yo, man, uh, I'm in I'm out here in Atlanta, and I got this gig on Civil War." And I was like, "Man, that's really cool." And then you're like, "Don't tell nobody. Ever you do, don't tell nobody." And I was like, "What the fuck? Don't tell nobody what?" And you were like. There's a new Spider-Man on this movie. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And you're like, don't tell nobody. Don't put it out on Facebook. And I've, I have never kept a secret for so long. And like a week before it came out, I go to I go to academics and, and chaos. I go, yo, dude, there's a new Spider-Man. <laughs> and they was like, how the fuck you know that? You know, because before the trailers came out, I was like, trust me. I said, trust me. Somebody I know knows this shit. And it's this young white dude, they say he gonna blow it out the fucking water. And Marvel just fucking, I guess, so many people were fucking leaking shit, they finally cut that trailer and they put him out there and everybody was like passing out. And, and for rightfully so, because I, I I think this kid is fantastic, Tom. It was Tom Holland, right? Yeah. And uh, I was like, motherfucker, he was right. He was absolutely right. And I was like, I, I, I it's weird. I was like, I was that geek that was not talking about... Uh, Iron Man's team against Cap's team and Spider-Man's dad and Black Panther was in it, so that really made me happy. And I was like, and my boy's in there somewhere. I gotta find him, but he's in there somewhere. <laughs> so you 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 worked with all that talent and, and basically Atlanta's like Hollywood South, right? Yeah, but you know what I mean? Uh, fuck I you know, and I don't wanna offend nobody by saying this, but I'm just gonna keep it a hundred because, you know, regardless like this is this is your podcast, you know, and you know this is about just it is what it is. Yeah. So, to me, I'm gonna say it right now. Um, you know, Atlanta, it's good to get experience, but Atlanta is like the fucking wild west. <laughs> They're doing whatever the fuck they want, you know, however they want. And to me, I, I just laugh about it because you know when you go to the West Coast, you see the professionality of mm-hmm. people because everybody there, like. 
If you fuck up, there's a good chance you could get sued on some shit. Mm-hmm. In Atlanta, they haven't hit that yet. So they're, you know, it's it's new to them, and everybody's right, right. like, this is fucking great. And Shiny new toy. Oh, man, it's it's a fucking mess some days, you know? We were, remember, we were talking a while back about how, like, like uh, Louisiana was the new... Yeah. And then Bobby Jindal fucking fucked that all yep. up. <laughs> With all his greed and fucking see where that got his ass. Way to go, way to go, Louisiana. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> you fucking voted in Bobby Jindal. He fucking ran for president, sucked at that for a week, and then Hollywood went bye-bye. So I guess that whole idea of the South is going to rise again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> good luck with that. Yep. Unless you've taken a lot of Viagra. Yeah. Know, that's when the South <laughs> rises again. So you did, you went from... The Founder to Civil War. And then I went right to The Walking Dead. And The Walking Dead, which is also in Georgia. Yeah, that was also in Sonoya, Georgia, we filmed. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I got, a, I got a Walking Dead question since you were on there. Okay, yeah, I'll the, see if the, I can answer okay, it. Here's without, the, without somebody calling me back and giving me some shit to talk about. I, I mean, it had nothing to do with the plot or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. The zombie apocalypse. Okay. Fucking world went to hell in a handbasket. Sure. The dead are walking around, and there's a bunch of survivors, and you got to worry more about the survivors than you do the dead most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Who cuts the fucking grass? That's all I want to know. Them lawns is always cut at the end of the zombie apocalypse. Oh well, shit, you never man! Never seen that's... a wild grass, dude. That's all the production that we have that cuts the grass. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, shouldn't the grass grow wild? Who the fuck is going hey, around cutting the lawn? Exactly. And it kind of takes me out sometimes. I'm like, this is a good story, or this is a good story. Oh shit, that grass is not. Look at that grass. It's like, yo, know, that manicured. fucking grass is more maintained than mine. <laughs> it's like, it's fuck, a dude. manicured lawn and shit. And the world, or is the zombies eating the fucking grass? Like, goats? I don't know. I just figured I had. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little crazy, you know, some of the stuff. But, I mean. He I, has I, another show out. Outcast, uh, Kirkman has also. I, I have never seen it. It's supposed to be on Showtime. No, I haven't seen it's it. It's about some kind of, like, demonic possession or something like that. I try not to watch TV at all, really. Wow. But, yeah. Yeah. You're busy making TV. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, and that was weird, too, because now, you know, I can't really watch too many shows because I point out all the bad shit and, like, all the stupid right, right, right. fucking you background, all the dumb shit. Like, somebody will throw a punch, and I'm just like, oh, what the fuck? Really? You no couldn't way. sell that better. <laughs> yep. So That's I'm how bad. I wrestling. I'm so, bad now. So, uh, where was Powers filmed at? In California? No, that was in, uh, that was in Georgia as well. Really? With, uh, what's it? I can't pronounce his name. Uh, neither Copley. at this point. So, Shark, yeah. Shartol, Copley, whatever. Yeah, some shit. <laughs> so did you do Powers after Walking Dead or before Walking Dead? That was, uh, it was funny because I was filming like three things at the same time. So like we was filming uh, Captain America and then I started filming Walking Dead. So like in between Walking Dead and Captain America, like here I am on Captain America and I got to have this whole clean cut look, everything like this. And then I'm going to Walking Dead and they're pushing all my fucking hair down in my face right. and everything like that. And we're shooting for like days on end, which... Anybody that watched the episodes or watched the commercial, you know how fucking long it was. Mm-hmm. But I, when I tell you, like, we filmed probably for, like, three weeks for, like, everything that we did. And what we saw was that was it. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Right. You know, and, so. And is what you filmed in the summertime? Yeah, in the summertime. Yeah, it's. So you're dressing all that leather and blue jeans and shit standing out in the heat oh, with man. all the makeup and shit on. I'm riding my motorcycle to work at fucking, uh, like, 3 o'clock in the morning to be on set by, like, 5 to be at makeup. Like, hair and makeup and shit because I had to be in the trailer. Uh, let's see. Okay, what stories can I share with you? Uh, what do you want to hear about? I mean, well, I don't care. Just... All right, so like, I'll give you. Uh, I'll tell you two stories. All right, the first story I'll tell you was the first time I met Norman Reedus. All right, and um, 
I, it was first time getting a set, and I'm all, like, psyched up, and they're like, fuck yeah, man. So I get there, ride my motorcycle to set. It's dark as fuck out there. Of course, there's no lights on every road that I ride down in Georgia, so I got my high beams on the whole fucking way. And every, it was like a, it was like a fucked up, like, carnival ride or something, you know, <laughs> going to that set. Because I'm, I'm floating, like, down the road. And I say floating, and, like, to me, floating's like 85, 90 miles an hour in, like, a fucking 45, you know, roads. You know you're not supposed to be on like that. And I'm down there, and I'm floating down these fucking roads. Finally get the fucking set. And I'm like, all right, great. So I meet up with everybody. It's the first time I'm meeting everybody on the set that I'm working with personally. Uh, and it was cool because like I saw people that I had only saw on TV and I'm like, holy fuck, like I'm gonna be working with these guys. Like, cool. And then I see everybody else and, uh, you know, I get into this, this room and on every set that I had ever been on before was like, you just go into the fucking, uh, the makeup and dressing, you know, it's like, there it is. Boom. Go do your thing. Whatever. So they're like, yeah, that's the room over there. And they didn't tell me to go there, but I just went there. And he, so here I go, like the jackass, I just walk into this fucking room and I sit down and I'm like, yo, what's up? And the dude that's sitting there, I didn't even give a fuck, nor did I even look at who it was. I just sat in the chair like, all right, I'm ready. And the lady's like, yo, I'm going to be with you in just a minute. I'm like, okay. She's like, yeah, let me just finish up with Norman. I'm like, I look over, and it's fucking Norman Reese. I'm like, holy shit, dude. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And on the, in the same voice that he has, like, he's just really, really cool. He's just like, I, hey, I have heard nothing but positive things yeah, about that guy. He's just like, hey, what's up, man? I'm like, hey, what's up? And... Uh, we start talking for a moment, and then Michael comes in, and Michael's just like, oh, hey. And he's like, hey, nice to meet you. And we're like, cool. Now, who's Michael? Uh, Michael's the, uh, the the other ginger on the show. Oh, the, the, <laughs> yeah, the giant ginger. Yeah, the yeah, giant yeah, ginger. Yeah, yeah. With the handlebar, with the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Who I think is dead, but I'm just saying. Uh, you know, I, 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 I can't comment nor speculate on that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I, I, you know, I talk with them for a few minutes, and then, you know, they dress me all up, everything, and, uh, you know, do my hair and makeup and stuff. And then, then I'm out, you know. I go meet up with everybody, and then we get rushed to set, and, and that's how our day starts, you know. So it was really cool. Um, that was it. But my second Walking Dead story was... How I, I don't know if I got out of a ticket. In fact, to this day, I don't even know if I still, if I even had a ticket at this point. You know, who the fuck knows? But uh, I didn't really care because I haven't gotten in the mail yet, so whatever. But uh, <laughs> I'm driving a fucking set. I'm on, the, I'm on the bike. And I go through this fucking little shithole town, you know. And it was like some little anus and Andy fucking town, you know. I'm like whipping through this bitch. And, I, yeah, I was going fast to know what I should have. So... 3 o'clock in the morning, I guess I woke up fucking Anus and Andy in, in the middle of a, <laughs> a, a fucking road, and their lights come on, and, and like, as I see the car, because, like, I'm flying up on it, and I see the cars, and I'm like, oh, fuck, and I know I woke them up, because my bike's loud as shit, and next thing I know, the fucking lights come on, so I'm like, oh, fuck, here I go, so they pull me over. And, you know, in their best fucking stupid Georgia voices, they're all like, well, you know, boy, why we pulled you over? <laughs> and, and I'm just like, you know, my mindset is I'm trying to get into my character. And right. I'm like, yo, like, I'm not even beat for this. Like, I'm ready to fucking, like, kill somebody and just ride off. You know what I mean? Because I'm just like, my head's like, I got to get in the game. But at the same time, I'm like, no, dude, that's set life. Like, right. that isn't reality. Like, let's. This is the yeah. real world. So. The dude's like, all right, I need your, uh, I need your license, your, your, you know, all your shit. So I pulled out and everything like this, and you know, here I am in full biker gear, and I'm just like, dude, just let me get the fuck out of here. So he comes back like five minutes later. Now a second car pulls the fuck up, and they're all like trying. I guess they're trying to debate what the fuck they're gonna do. So whatever, man. So they come back to me, and the guy's like, you know, so where are you off to, this and that boy? And I'm like, why is, why is everything gotta be a boy? What the fuck is that? Like Georgia, what is that all about? Like you know. 
That, that whole, that's just, I, I wish was, I was in the land of cotton. The yeah. days are not forgotten. Like, I'm waiting for the banjos to start playing, you know? And at some point, I'm waiting for the... Man, like, the old you would have just fucking snapped. That's yeah. why I'm laughing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, Josh is going to the briefcase again. And, and I think, like, at that point, maybe one of my thoughts was, like, am, am I going to wake up... Uh, and my asshole be hurt. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I was just like, it was a weird scene. You know what I mean? Like, you're out there with two fucking guys, and there's and nobody else to fuck around. And I'm pretty sure there was a cornfield around. So, like, I oh, was not great. cool with that whole scene. So, the dude fucking turns around. He comes back. He's like, so, you know, why are you speeding this, that, and the third? And I'm like, well, listen, man. I said, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get to set. I'm like, I'm working on a production. Oh, what production you work on? I'm like, well, I'm not really supposed to say. Well, you can tell me, you know. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, look, we'll man. keep this out of the secret. And I didn't know because I'm like, what the fuck, man? Here we go. <laughs> so I tell this guy, I said, look, man. I said, you know, I'm working. I'm working. I'm part of The Walking Dead. I'm on this show, you know. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, then he asked me a couple bullshit questions. I'm like, look, we film in Sonoya. And as soon as I said Sonoya, it was like it fucking snapped in him. He's like, oh, okay, he must be telling the truth. So for anybody that's going through uh, any shithole towns in Georgia, just remember to say you're working on a Walking Dead. You, and you're going you're working in Sonoya, okay? No, but um, so the guy is like, okay, so he goes back, talks to this other fucking stooge, and he comes back like five minutes later. Now, mind you, I'm already like fucking, I'm, I feel like I'm going to be ten minutes late, which I'm probably actually at this point going to be ten minutes ahead of schedule because I'm speeding like a son of a bitch. And um, guy gives me back my license, and he still continues to fucking talk. And next thing I know, I put, he gives me the fucking license and the rest of my paperwork back. I shove it right in my fucking pocket. I, as he's talking, I hit the fucking on switch and my bike, you know, I throttle up and I'm just like, I'm out, dude. I'm already in first gear. And, he, and I left him. I fucking left him right there. I'm like, fuck him, dude. Because what's the worst that's going to happen? Either A, they're going to not chase me or B, they're going to chase me. Right. But if you gave me back my shit already, like, I'm out. I got no reason to fucking right, listen to you. Here. Yeah, fuck that. So I get the set and I'm like, holy fuck, man, I'm going to be late. Turns out, like, as usual, I'm fucking early. So I'm like, cool, man. But it was a crazy story to tell people. Because they're like, holy fuck, man. And it sounds like, I mean, it sounds so stereotypical, but it's true. You lived it. Shit. I know I wouldn't want to be down that motherfucker. That's for damn sure. Oh, yeah, it's different. (laughs) It's different down there, right? Fucking different, man. So you did Walking Dead. You did Powers. You did uh, The Founder. You did Captain America Civil War. Yeah, I did. I also did uh, Vampire Diaries, the Man. originals. Yeah, because that was was that all filmed in Georgia? Or did they do yeah, that in New Orleans? All filmed, as well? all filmed in uh, Georgia. Because I know it used to. The uh, originals was in New Orleans until aforementioned Bobby Gentle fucked that all up. Yeah, and it's in Georgia now. Uh, and I did uh, Nashville. I went up to Nashville for a while. I filmed on Nashville for a little bit. That was kind of weird though, because I was like, I was like a, I, I was part of this couple. I was like a. A father, I had a wife and a fucking kid, and it was <laughs> like was it, totally yeah, it was, not you. It was weird, you know. It was <laughs> acting. It was fucking weird because I asked the girl, I'm like, "How old are you?" And I'm thinking they put me with like a like a fourteen or fifteen. Right. They put me with like an eighteen year old in some skimpy fucking clothes. Right. And I'm just like, "Yo, like you wouldn't be my daughter because you wouldn't right. walk out of the house like that." Like, what the fuck is the deal? Yeah, you know, it's uh, crazy. Uh, the last movie you you did, we were speaking on you, uh, Jack Reacher, right? Yeah, yeah, I was I was on Jack Reacher for a little while. Uh, I did, uh, you know, of course, the, the new Jack Reacher, like we, we just said. Um, did Jamie Foxx's uh, Sleepless Night. Did that come out yet? No, nah, that didn't come out yet. That didn't come out yet. But I got some interesting stories about that, too, at some point. I know we'll, we'll get to that, regardless. Right. We'll, we'll get to that. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, 
you know, there's been a few things here and there, but I mean, honestly, it's it's just been a, a fun ride, man. Yeah, it's almost like a whirlwind. So, and it seems like each thing needs something better, and the next one gets better and better. So, that's cool. That's that's good. That you know, like like you said, you uh, you got laser focus. You got vision of clarity, and you went straight in. You know, and get di- distracted. And, 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 I, and I will throw my little plug out there too for uh, for for season two of the Inspectors on CBS. My episode for everybody that wants to know is going to air on I believe it's October eighth. Season two of the Inspectors on CBS starts, and I get to be uh, from what I understand, season two is like bad guys. So you'll get to, you'll get to see me the on more, that. The more real you. Yeah, yeah. Kinda, <laughs> I mean. You'll you'll see me. Um, you know, I, I don't at this point like I don't have any lines in it. Um, you know, but it, it was a lot of fun. I will say that that was the that was the set that I am now going to have my uh, SAG eligibility from. That's cool. So that was a really really good set. And I'll tell you what, like everybody there, I I couldn't have asked for a better group of people to, to work with, man, because they were really like top notch, man. Like if if there is one one group of people, I I. Like I told the, the director, I said, you know, like, if you tell me that there's a part that I'm going to, you know, have for a long time, like, if you can put me in the show for a while, like, I would love to just move out here and just do this. And where was this filmed? In general. That's in Charleston. South so, Carolina? Yeah. Okay. So much fun. So, so many cool people I worked with, and uh, they, they really, like, they made you feel like you were fucking royalty, man. Like, and there you go. Couldn't ask for anything better, man. And, and, and great going to work with a smile on your face oh, and not yeah. coming home wanting to have to kill a bitch. So, yeah. you know, that's that's a plus. Yeah. Yeah. So, in closing, you know, uh, we could talk all fucking day. You know, that's what we do. Hey, you could do a part two. To this I, I we'll do a yeah. part two. That's great. <laughs> How can people reach you? Uh, what's, your, what's your podcast name again? And if you got Twitter or Facebook, and just push your shit. Okay, well, uh, usually, I mean, anything that you want to look me up on, just look me up under Josh D'Agostino, D-apostrophe-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-O. That's uh, Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, uh, I mean, I'm on, like, everything that's out there. Uh, fuck, man. Um, the podcast is All Things Created Evil, and that's, of course, you know, by me. Uh, it's the, uh, I think I have it on there as, like, Ink Man 609 or something like that. Like, I try to change things up here and there, but I don't want to get too far because I think that's that's the thing, too. Like, right. you know, when you got to get to a point in your career where you're, like, you've got to start, like, you know, telling people how to remember shit, like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to be that guy. You well, know? so no, you I don't, keep it I don't, simple. I don't, I don't, yeah, keep it and simple. And keeping it simple is good. That's how I see it. Well, it has been my pleasure. I mean, we always do this anyhow. So I yeah. think we always talk shit every time we run into each other at Miles. We record it. So, yeah, fuck yeah, I man. appreciate it. Great. I, I appreciate it. We're going to give a part two. Maybe somebody in the room will actually say something besides playing games over there all day. But <laughs> I appreciate everything. And uh, thanks for having us. And, uh, uh, much success. Thank you very much. And everybody out there in, uh, in in TV and radio land, listen, man, all I got to say is this. Just stay black, all right? Stay black. You hear that? <laughs> That's from a ginger. Look at the picture when you see it. All right, signing out. Peace. This has been a Blacklisted Mobile Podcast. We're leaving. We can do anything. We'll do anything you need to do. We have. And we will. 
Something happened to Denise. I'm not gonna let anybody die like that again. Son. What? 